Hey, everybody. Welcome to PWH Podcast. I'm here with you, Pastor Kyle Bauer, and with... Amy. Nice to see you guys. Amy Ayala. I'm happy to be here with you. Ayala V, right? Yeah. Wait, what? Your last name is Ayala. Ayala V. I thought you said V. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, when did we add a V to my name? (laughs) Ayala V. All right. Little Spanglish humor yeah. there, so don't worry about it. I didn't it. even catch it. That's how you know. <laughs> well, we, well, we weren't talking in Spanish yeah. either, so. <laughs> so, well, welcome to PWH. Every Friday, we have a podcast that drops. Please follow us on YouTube. Follow us um, on uh, Instagram at pwh.tv, TikTok, yeah. Pathway Home. YouTube is at Pathway Home. You can find this podcast wherever podcasts are found. Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, SoundCloud, YouTube, wherever you go. So there's many places to get it. <laughs> many, many places. I think there's like, I don't know, seven or eight or nine or different places that you can find it. Yeah. So if wherever you usually get a podcast, or if you're just seeing this for the first time and you want to look us up, we're probably there. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> so um, we're uh, talking just before we started uh, rolling this morning. And Amy had something on her heart that she wanted to talk about yeah. that I think is a great conversation. So, Amy, I'm going to throw this to you. I'm yeah. going to let you start and I'm just going to chime in. Yeah, you know, um, this actually happened because a couple nights ago uh, I asked an Instagram question and I just invite people, whatever questions you have, go ahead and ask. And I received a question uh, that said, am I able to ask God for a car or would that be too materialistic? And I also received other questions if uh, they're able to ask God for job promotions or you know, and I really started seeing a theme of people asking God for the everyday things and maybe even feeling guilty and thinking, I don't think God is too concerned about that. There's bigger things going on. There's other things I should be asking for, uh, even quote unquote, more spiritual things that I should be asking for. What do you think the root of that is? Why why would people yeah. be concerned with that? I think it's church um, taught to you know, we take verses like, don't worry about the things of the world or uh, don't be greedy, don't be this. You know, we take verses about the wealthy and what money can do. do um, money is the root of evil. And we take that as, well, God doesn't want that for me. God doesn't uh, desire that for me. God doesn't care about the everyday or don't even, even verses like, don't worry about the tomorrow and all of that. And we're kind of conditioned to think. God doesn't care about those things. So we end up feeling guilty because of what we assume uh, about God. Um, And I really started seeing a theme of, well, I don't think people know that beyond anything. Yeah, he is God, but he is also our father. Yeah. And a father does care. Uh, any dad would care of whether you're wearing a clothes or not, or you have food or not. You know, the Bible itself teaches that. And so I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that, on God in the everyday. Well, <clears throat> well, let's get to that in just a second. I, but I, I was, even as you're talking, the thought came to me, you know, what is the root cause? And maybe it's some of it, it's, um, you know, people in church, who say, oh, you know, you're being too worldly. And and, uh, those people are around, but not everybody's like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think some of the root cause could potentially be um, God doesn't really care about this because I'm not really worth it? It could be. That I, I I don't deserve that. Now, I know I've gone through stuff like that, and I'm sure you have too. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't really want to bother God with that because 
at the end of the day, I don't really deserve it. Mm. I, I feel bad about myself. I know that word I said. I know that thought I had. I know that sin I committed. Yeah. And God must feel as bad about me as I feel about me. Yeah. Therefore, I'm not going to ask him for anything else because I don't deserve it. Yeah. Or, you know, feeling like uh, because I don't meet his standards, there's no way that he's going to bless me. And so we take... Uh, we, we think God as a God of standards, of God of doing this or doing that. And if I act a certain way, then I can ask him for certain things. Oh, man, that comes down to a theology of works. Yeah. I earn God's favor. Yeah. And, you know, I think that all of us at one time or another, we've felt that way. We It's kind of, we feel that God has us on the reward system. You know, like when you're in elementary school and yeah, you do yeah. good and you get a sticker next to your name and that kind of just sticks with you because it's, it's taught to you your whole life that if you do good, good things are going to come to you. And so, you know, while that is true, while you do good, good things are going to come to you. God in giving to us has nothing to do with us. God giving to us is simply because he is merciful. Does that mean that I uh, shouldn't be obedient? No, I'm not saying any of those things. What I'm saying is, is that when we lean on that theology of works, like you're saying, it's kind of like if they do better, then God's going to treat me better. Right. And that's just not the way that God works. No, God doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. The Bible actually says God causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. In other words, rain is, is a biblical symbol of God's blessing. Yeah. That God allows his blessings to flow on the just and the unjust, on people who love and serve him and people who don't. And here's the big thing. I think that that people who don't believe in God, people who have rejected God, but they still live in the good things of this life. How much of that is still God's kindness towards them? Yeah. Yeah. The book of Romans says that even while we were God's enemies, he gave Jesus to die for us. Mm-hmm. In other words, we didn't, we weren't at least humanly speaking, we weren't worth it. Mm. We we were his enemies. We were sinners. We were diametrically opposed to him. And even at that point in our lives, God says, I still love you so much. I'm still going to give you my best. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, the book of Romans also says that, and so here, this is going to the, the God in the everyday. That yeah. Can I ask God for a car if I need a car, for a job if I need a job? For provision, if I need provision. Book of Romans says, He who did not withhold his own son, mm-hmm. but gave him up for us all. And his son was the best he could give. The, the, the rescue for our sins, the payment for our sins, the absolute thing that we needed the most. He who did not give up his only, uh, withhold, I'm sorry, his only son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not, along with him, mm-hmm. graciously give us all things? Yeah. What a great father we have. God really loves you and he really cares about your life and every part of it. You know, I it's actually a verse that I was thinking about a lot that he will give us all things. And I was thinking about this in James, how it says you do not have because you do not ask. Mm-hmm. But then it also says, and when you do ask, you do not have because you ask with the wrong motives, with the wrong motives. And you start looking at, you know, what it is that you're asking God for. You really, ha- I, I always come back to the verse where David says, you know, examine me. Yeah. 
Because sometimes what we ask for is with the wrong motives, with the wrong intentions, maybe for our own glory instead of his glory. And I believe that in God giving to us and God giving us good things, God blessing us, that's a way that he glorifies himself so we can start seeing him in the everyday, the way that he supernaturally provides, the way that he opens doors. And I just wanted to encourage people that God really does care about your everyday. God yeah. really does care about where your livelihood comes from. God really does care about what you eat. You know, and you read Matthew 5. That's another one where if he takes care of the lilies, you know, and he clothes them, how much more would he clothe you or the birds of the air? You know, he cares about the everyday. So in that Matthew 5 <clears throat> passage for somebody who's listening who may not be familiar with that, it says, it says, um, how if God knows the number of hairs on your head, mm-hmm. And he knows the end from the beginning. I'm kind of paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. He said, he knows what you need. And we go around thinking, oh, what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? What's, you know, what, what, what am I going to have for rent this month? Mm -hmm. Doesn't say that in the Bible, but you could include that. We can add it in. He said, but if he clothes the lilies of the field when in, in, in such beauty that even Mm -hmm. Solomon and all of his royal splendor can't even match up to them. If he knows every bird that falls from the sky and he feeds them as well, how much more value are you to God than a bird in the sky or than a flower in the field that's here today and gone tomorrow? Mm -hmm. So you're worth more than that. Now, here's another little thing that I don't want to go too deep into. But people say, oh, no, no, all life is precious, which it is. But how can you say that your life is is more than a sparrow's life? Don't you both have the right to live? I didn't say you didn't have the right to live. But there is but God does look at his children differently than he does his other creation. Yeah. I mean, I've got a dog and I've got four kids. If somebody's gonna say, Well, you know, if you know, it's between the life of your four kids and your dog. Say, well, I can't choose because everybody has a right to. Live. No, the dogs, the dogs out, <laughs> the dogs out and the kids live. <laughs> For all the dog moms, I understand you. And <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love my little dog. His name is Monkey. He's a he's a black uh, uh, he's a black uh, toy poodle. He's cute. He guys, is cute. You need to see him. Maybe one day Pastor Kyle will post him so you guys can see how cute he is. <laughs> OK, so so here's a here's a funny thing. So he, he's a really sweet dog, except I know we're getting into the weeds. We're going on a rabbit trail here, but just indulge me for a second. He's a really sweet dog, except when he gets on his pillow mm-hmm. and he guards that thing. And he just <laughs> rah, rah. like you take the pillow away. He turns into the sweetest dog. And so he's got these like little personalities and my kids have given him different names for this, <laughs> these different personalities. And so, you know, um, the, my pillow guy. Yes. Yeah. Mike, Mike Lindell, <laughs> the my pillow guy. So when he's on, when our dog is on his pillow and he's, he's defending it and say, Oh, like Mike Lindell showed up because <laughs> it's his pillow. right? <laughs> Different personalities when they have their things, that's how they act. Oh man. They won't give it to you. Anyway, I don't know how we got off on that. Oh, the, do- the, the dogs. dog's out. The kids stay. <laughs> But in other words, God cares about you. He cares about every part of your life. He knows the number of your head, uh, number of hairs on your head. He knows the number of days you're going to live. He clothes the grass of the field and the flowers of the field. He feeds the birds of the heaven. How much more is he not going to do the same for you? He knows what you need. And then it says in the very same passage in Matthew chapter six, it says, but 
seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things will be added unto you. Well, what are all of those things? Mm -hmm. Well, it's the things that it had said earlier in Matthew 6, saying, you know, what are we going to eat? What are we going to wear? What are we going to do tomorrow? So all of those things, God knows. But seek God first, and then God is going to make sure you have everything you need. I, you talk to me a little bit about how God has showed up in your life in that kind of provision by seeking him first. Yeah, um, I think for me, um, he really made that clear in 2020, in the year where, you know, everyone went crazy over what was going on because it was an unexpected time. I mean, anybody especially with the toilet paper, especially that, you know, God will going, even add that unto you. Yeah. <laughs> 2020 was a blessing though. Cause that's where I met TikTok. But you know, <laughs> that was an interesting time for me because even as we talk about the way that God provides so many times, a lot of what we worry about is, well, what am I going to do with my life or what's the purpose of my life? And that's why I love that you said, you know, seek the kingdom first, because what ends up happening is because we're so focused on what we need and what we don't have, we forget about the kingdom of God. And we like to pretend that we carry this balance when in actuality, all that our our hearts are overwhelmed by and our minds are, you know, worried about is about the tomorrow, about yeah. what tomorrow holds. And for me, 2020 was very much that where, um, you know, I live with my parents, so that that's a blessing, you know, to be in their care. But I, I was really worried about well, God, what do you want me to do now? For those of you guys that don't know, and if you do follow me on TikTok and Instagram, you guys know that my journey is that for the last four years, I was a campus missionary. And so that was my identity. You know, I came and I did Upper Room here with Pastor Kyle. I did the high schools and, and I kind of took refuge in this is what my what God has ordained me to do. Like this is this is what I'm meant to do. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one day it was just taken away. Well, you're Thank not going you, to COVID. Yeah. You know, you're <laughs> not going to the high schools. You're not meeting as usual. And so what you do begins to be your identity. And, and God really forced me into a place of like, you're going to sit in your room and you're going to think about what you've done. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I love that a pastor said that uh, that 2020 became a timeout for all of us to think. And there was one day where the Holy Spirit asked me, is it really me that you love or do you love the activity? Yeah. And I began a place of, well, God, I just want to sit with you and I want to know you. But in sitting with him, I, I, I think that he taught me, I'm not afraid of your frustrations. I'm not afraid of your confusion. I'm not afraid of any of those things. And I saw no way that I was ever going to get back to a high school. I said, it's going to be at least five years. In five years, I'm going to be 30. I don't think that I'm going to go back when I'm 30. And I, you start thinking about, the timing of your life and maybe as I'm saying this you get what I mean that you're in your 20s or maybe in your 30s whatever age you're on you're you're worried about what's next you're not living in the now which two weeks ago I just passed into my 40s how you feeling I feel good (laughs) I feel amazing I was in that place though where I was like I I was it was in July where it really hit me I was about to be 25 and I said god I'm five years away from 30 like what are we doing like I don't understand and he humbled me to a point where he left me where no he left me nowhere else to go but to his presence. Mm. He closed every door around me. He made it seem like I was in this dark hole and 
he was the only light at that point. And I needed that place of darkness. I needed that place of confusion because he showed me even when you see no light around you, I'm going to provide the light for you in a way that you don't expect. And so um, one day I was doing, we were, this is when Zoom was at its peak and I was on Zoom and I preached that message for Upper Room where it was, are you in love with me or are you in love with the activity? Mm-hmm. And right afterwards, I jumped off. I called my friend and I'm crying on the phone. I go, I'm going to be 25 in a week. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm never going to get back into high schools. I, I, I don't know any of this. All that I'm doing is Zoom. And she, she reminded me in that moment, God's going to provide a way. I think that's all she said. God's going to provide a way. And that night, I actually made my first TikTok video for no reason. I just said, I'm going to read the Bible of what I'm reading about tonight. I made that TikTok video. And the next morning I wake up and I go, why does it have so many views? <laughs> How many views did it get? That very uh, first one. Over 100K, that first Dang. one, you know, in the next morning when I woke up. And then I, I was like, I'm going to do another one. And so I did another reading video. And it went viral again. That whole week, every video was going viral. And I was like, God, I'm just reading the Bible. Like, what's going on? And God did something in that moment of, it has nothing to do with you. It wasn't my face that went viral. It wasn't a dance that went viral. It wasn't anything that went viral. It was simply God's word that went viral. Hmm. God's word that was being pushed out to a generation. And what I began to understand is he is going to provide the way if I see him as my source. If I see him as my source and he taught me, I'm your source. I'm the one that everything is going to come. Everything that you do is going to come from me. Mm-hmm. So can you just lean on me? So he really did teach me. And you guys know now, like TikToks, you know, that's what I do. Like all I do is TikTok and, and Instagram. And I went from being a campus missionary to a digital missionary. Right. And only God can bring that switch and bring that provision. But he brought it in his timing and in his way. That's the, and you're talking about God showing up in in your destiny and, yeah. and directing your life. What about in the more practical of my rent is due tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a few years ago, well, I, this story was a few years ago, but this happened many times where I'm sure if you're listening to this right now, no matter what age you are, you have gone through, uh, I got paid three days ago and I have like $15 in my account until next payday. <laughs> <laughs> and it really sucks to live there. Oh my gosh. I I don't even know how many paydays that's been for me and my wife, but in our nearly 18 and a half years of marriage, yeah, it's been a lot of paydays where it's like, oh my gosh, I literally have two pennies to rub together for the next 10 days. And it sucks to live there. It's hard to live there. And you know, you do one payday, it's fine. Then then it happens again. And now it's happened for six months. It's happened for a year. Either I'm mismanaging my money or God's trying to teach me a lesson. Mm -hmm. And so I'd taken my little cute dog out for a walk and I was grumbling because we had been here for like for months where every payday, it's like I get paid and, and literally as soon as the, it shows up into my account, it's all gone. And it's not, it's not because we're being poor stewards. It's life is expensive and I got four kids Yeah, and it's just expensive. And so I was getting really frustrated. I was getting, I was short with my wife. I was short with my kids. 
I was grumbling to God. I wanted to kick the dog. Never kicked the dog. But no me faltaban las ganas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, just, I wanted to, but I didn't because he's too cute. Um, even when he's on his little pillow. Um, and so I was out walking the dog and I was just grumbling to God. It's like, God, this sucks. I hate living here. I don't like this. Why is it like this? Why are you picking on me? Blah, 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 blah. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, you don't trust me, do you? Mm. And I thought, wow. I mean, yeah, I thought I did, but now I'm not so sure. <laughs> and he said, if you really trusted me, you wouldn't be such in such a bad mood all the time over this issue. Wow. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's right. That the source of my anger and my frustration and my irritation was that I don't have enough. And apparently I don't think God's able to provide it for me. And so on the way back from walking the dog, I repented. I said, Lord, I am sorry for my attitude. Please forgive me. I'm going to start thanking you for what I do have. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And, and it wasn't something invented or faked. It was, it was true. And, and I could sense the Lord was changing something in my heart. Mm-hmm. After I asked for forgiveness and repented of my sin of grumbling and anger and irritation, Lord, thank you for my family and thank you for the provision that you have given me. Thank you that we really have never gone without, Mm -hmm. even though we have like zero extra. Thank you that we have enough. Within a week, three people had unexpectedly, unasked for, unlooked for, given me gifts that, that um, that totaled out to like 2,500 bucks wow. and boom, my entire situation changed. We were able to get on top of our finances. We were able, and everything about it changed and in that fast. And, and you wonder if it wasn't so much about mismanagement as it was that God knew that there's something was in my heart that needed to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And he knew that putting me in a financial tight spot was going to bring it to the surface. That's actually part of what I believe about what the book of Romans says, that the kindness of God brings us to repentance. That we, we think God, the kindness of God brings us out of sin and we accept Jesus as our Savior. We can go to heaven now. Yes, that is true. But what about all the other sins, even after we're saved, that are still lurking in the dark corners of our hearts that we don't even realize are there? Yeah. It is still the kindness of God that brings those things to the surface so he can deal with them. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that stuff was in me, but the financially tight spot, whether it's a job or whether it's your paycheck or whether it's you don't have a car or you don't know where your next meal is coming from. You know, I, I have learned that that if you will. It sounds so Sunday school and cliche, but Jesus really is the answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of, of a kid in Sunday school uh, where the teacher said, okay, kids, now what's small and, and has a big fluffy tail and climbs trees and eats nuts? The kid says, man, we're in Sunday school. Sounds like a squirrel to me, but I know the answer has got to be Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And it sounds almost that cliche that, well, Jesus is the answer. Just put your faith in Jesus. I'm telling you, my God shall supply all your needs according Mm -hmm. to his riches in Jesus Christ. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things will be added to you. That is not a, cliche, a cheesy Sunday school cliche. It's the truth. It <laughs> is true, and I've lived it so many times. Yeah. And, and you know, even recently, as the story I just told was, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago. But since then, even recently, I've had more financial uh, uh times where, where it's like the paycheck is gone. It's, Oh my gosh, we have another 10 days till pay period and got 10 bucks in the bank. And, and again, it stinks to live there, but I've noticed something about myself. I don't grumble and I'm not angry. Hmm. And, and, and you wonder, is it my mismanagement or was God bringing me around the mountain again to see what I learned last time? Wow. And, and I, and I was conscious of it this time. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to grumble. I'm not going to fly off the handle when, when, when Teresa says, Oh, why can't we go out to, to eat with the kids? Because I don't have any money. (laughs) And it's no, I'm not going to respond that way. Mm -hmm. And you say, you know what? We did what we could do. Thank you, Lord. And we'll just kind of tighten our belts until next pay period. Yeah. And, and it's like, I passed the test. I learned God's kindness brought that out of me. But I've learned that I really can trust Jesus. Mm-hmm. If I need a car, if I need a paycheck, if I need provision, if I need a next meal, if I need rent, if I need whatever, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And I'm not going to try and run around manipulating my circumstances because you really do care for me. And I have seen it time after time. You know, I think we, we did a podcast way in one of the early ones about building your story with God. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Your history with God. Yeah. Building your history with God that you learn that the God who was there for you yesterday Mm -hmm. is the God who will be there for you today is the God who will be there for you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in all of this, I think that maybe as you're hearing this, you feel like what you were saying, you have that bitterness and Let's be honest, we sometimes feel frustrated with the circumstances in life, whether that's, you know, the paycheck or, you know, not having your car right now, or maybe you're feeling unfulfilled by what you're doing in yeah. life right now. Yeah. And, well, I've been there too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's something that you we, we walk through. We walk through that feeling unfulfilled or that feeling of, I'm just not there yet. And, but I've really learned that that feeling of not being there yet I've understood that the present place that I'm in right now, I need to be in this place because there's something that the present, like my present situation is teaching me that's going to prepare me for tomorrow. So many times we lean. God doesn't waste anything. No, he doesn't waste anything. And, uh, you know, I, I thought about this earlier this week because, you know, in that feeling of feeling frustrated, and this is something that I think Pastor Kanal talked about maybe a week ago, where um, how are things going to work out? What do things look like? Um I realize that so many times we cling to God's promises and we say, God, you said this, but we don't realize that the process to the promise is also part of the promise because there's something that God is trying to reveal within you and deal with you right now to get you ready for then. I think you gave an example, if I'm not wrong, Pastor Kyle, you gave an example about a car of whether you're going to give the car to someone who's older or someone who's younger, giving it to a newborn or you said it in one of the podcasts. Yeah. 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 That when I was about 10 years old, my dad taught me to, to, uh, uh, do the lawnmower. Mm -hmm. And he told me, this is the most powerful machine I can give you right now. 
And then, you know, six years later, when I was 16, I got my driver's license. He gave me the keys to his car. But back at 10 years old, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. And I certainly wouldn't give it to my 10-year-old right now. <laughs> You're not big enough, strong enough, wise enough, aware enough. You haven't lived long enough. You, you, all of your faculties aren't developed enough to be able to, to take a responsibility like that. But yeah. you grow into it. Yeah. I was actually giving that example to my dad yesterday. I was recalling to him what you said. Oh, you're preaching my sermons to your I dad. I was. I was telling him, you know, I learned this in a podcast, but what um, what really stood out to me, my dad told me this. He goes, if I would have given you a car at 10, he was kind of giving me that, or, you know, at five or six. My niece is six, so I give her as an example. You give her that car as opposed to giving it to an 18-year-old. Hmm. The 18-year-old is going to know how to handle it. Right. The six-year-old, you can give them that same blessing but they're going to end up killing themselves in the car and other people and other people putting other people in danger. The, the, the thing that was a, was to be a blessing ended up being a curse. Yeah. A burden. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the, one of the worst things that God could ever do to a person at which God doesn't do this to people, <laughs> by the way, but the worst thing that could ever happen to a person and you've, you've seen it, you've seen it in lives of people. You'll know what I'm saying in a second. But is that they get to their destiny before their character can handle it. Mm-hmm. You look at all these little kids that, that walk into fame and fortune at 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And by the time they're 18 or 20, their life is a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. And, and you wonder if all that fame and fortune, which to somebody who's older, who has the character and understanding, they could handle that. They wouldn't let it go to their head and it wouldn't let it become their identity if they're mature enough. But you give that to an 11 year old or a 15 year old or even an 18 year old for that matter. That's not a good, that does not, that's not a blessing for them. No. And as you were saying, I thought about Justin Bieber because <laughs> he's like one of the examples that I can clearly mark that out of. Um, and there's a song that uh, he wrote that, I mean, all his songs go everywhere, but uh, that, a lot of people even started preaching sermons about because it was very much like Ecclesiastes where mm-hmm. he said, you know, what if I had it all? And, you know, and, but at the end of it, even when I had it all, I still felt lonely. Yeah. You know, and it's like for him, all these uh, quote unquote blessings were there. And maybe you're hearing this and you've been saying, well, if I just had this job, I would be happy. Or if I just had this amount of money in my bank account, then I would be happy. Mm. Um, and, and we, we see other people and what they have. Um, and we start saying, if I just had this, if I just had that, the truth is, is that if you aren't happy now, you won't be happy then. Boy, that is the truth. I have a friend, um, a friend of mine who was talking to my grandfather and, um, my grandfather was, uh, in his time was a, a very, very influential pastor. One of the most influential pastors and in the world in, in his time. And he was sitting with, with my friend. My friend at the time was probably in his mid-20s. And he had been given a chance to go to Hong Kong and preach to like 40,000 students. And so he's in the car with my grandpa. And he's saying, you know, pastor, I, I, I get to go to Hong Kong. I'm going to preach to so many people. And my grandpa looks at him and says, and then what? Mm. And says, well, I mean, there's other things to do and, and, and ministry. And he's, and then what? Well, and it caught him off guard and he starts fumbling for answers. 
well, then I, I mean, I guess I have family and, and my kids and then what? Mm. And he just kept asking that question. And then what? And you, and you can apply that to whether I'm talking to my friend who's in the ministry or you can apply it to your own life. Well, I've got my, I'm going for my degree and then what? Well, I got my, my career and then what? And then I'm going to make a lot of money and then what? And then, and then I'm going to have a family and house and cars and I'm going to have everything my heart ever desired. And then what? Mm-hmm. And my grandpa turned to him and said, what you think is on top of that mountain isn't there. Mm-hmm. My grandfather who had been on that top of that mountain who had seen, who had walked around the rim of that mountain and seen everything there was to see on top of that mountain. He says, it's not there. And if you ask yourself the question, and then what, and then what, and then what, and then what, ultimately what that question will do is it will strip you down to just who are you Mm. and who is Jesus to you. That's what that question will lead you to. But, you know, I have I have this and I have that and I've earned this and I've been here and I've and I've accomplished that. I have so many degrees and blah, 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 blah. And then what? It wasn't that long ago. I I was actually with the same friend. We were traveling and ministering together up in uh, Montana and uh, we're at a church uh, on that Sunday. And and the guy who was doing the ministry time, it so moved me because he didn't say the and then what, but that's really what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. He said he is he is watching he is watching his father descend into Alzheimer's, and his father, very influential minister and influential pe- preacher, he had he had great clout and very close to the Lord and all that stuff. And he said, and I've seen him lose it all. He's lost his clout. He's lost his ministry. He's lost his. His, his mind to Alzheimer's, not because of any sort of moral failure, but with age and Alzheimer's, he's just, he is a simple man who can't remember anything now mm-hmm. when he was this gigantic mountain of a man. And he says, and I watch my father and all he's, and I see him just say, I love Jesus. That's, that, that's what he does remember. Mm-hmm. He remembers to worship Jesus. He remembers that he loves Jesus and that, and it so moved me because that is what's at the end of, and then what? Mm -hmm. Not Alzheimer's, (laughs) but at the end, when you are stripped away from everything Mm -hmm. and your identity is no longer in your job, it's no longer in your bank account. It's no longer in your family. It's no longer in your possessions. It's no longer in your future. It's no longer in your dreams. It's no longer in your accomplishments. And Mm -hmm. then what who are you? And most people are terrified of the question. Yeah. And, and it's, and then what, and, and it's who am I and how much do I love Jesus and who is Jesus to me at the end of the day? That is the only thing that is truly important. Yeah. And that's where it comes down to again, what you said with Matthew six, you know, if you seek first the kingdom of God, well, everything else is going to be given to you. And, you know, actually with my dad yesterday as well, he was saying this, he goes, even with what God does give now, I feel like I can enjoy it more because I enjoy him more. Boy, that wiser words were never spoken. Yeah. It's like you can enjoy what God gives because you know that it comes from him. And, you know, it, it really comes down to this. That thing that you think that you want isn't going to bring you closer to God. But that's something that God loves to give to you. And he takes pleasure in giving to you. But it's the knowing him and walking with him that makes life beautiful at the end of it. You know, you had mentioned James chapter four earlier in this podcast, and mm-hmm. I'd like to go back to that because it fits so nicely in what, what 
this conversation has been. It says, what is causing quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? In other words, so we're, we're fighting and quarreling because I have these desires. Mm-hmm. I have these wants, these needs, the, I, I need to be fulfilled in some way in my life. So you want and you don't have. So you scheme and you kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and you wage war to take it away from them. All right. So, mm-hmm. so what's the root of all this? I want, I want, and you fill in the blank of what you want, whether it's money or relationships or a future or a car or rent money or whatever it is. Yeah. So I'm going to scheme and I'm going to kill and I covet what other people have. And I'm going to live miserable because they have what I want. And so I'm going to scheme and kill and, and try and get it from them. Push everything else off the way. Yeah. Manipulate my mm-hmm. circumstance in order to get what I think is on the top of that mountain that I really want and need. It says you have what you want. Uh, you, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. So let's break that down for just a little bit. He says you have these desires and so you try and scheme and kill to get them. You covet, you live miserable and you're not getting what you want. You're trying to manipulate circumstances and your life and work, 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 work to get it. And it's not happening. And so somebody comes along and tells you, hey, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> and and uh, uh, seek first the kingdom of God, and then God will give you all these other things. Oh, so God's the ticket. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to try this. The scheming and the killing and the working harder, it didn't, didn't work for me. So dear God. Mm-hmm. I want this. Dear God, I need that. Dear God, this is going to make me happy. There, I've prayed now. So so you don't have because you don't ask. Oh, God. Okay, 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 okay. So I asked God, and now it says you ask and you don't get. Why? Because your motives are wrong because you want to spend it on your own pleasures. In other words, what James is saying is before you tried out of the the strength of your own flesh to get this and it's not working for you so now what you're doing is you're using god as a means to an end mm. since i i can't kill to get it and my my uh manipulation isn't working and okay so let's if that's not working now i'm just going to try god see if he gets me what i want so you're just using God or trying to use God as a means to your own end. And at the end of the day, it's no different than the scheming and the killing. Mm-hmm. It's you're still trying to use some method to fulfill your own self. For your own glory. For your own glory or your, for your own gain or for your own pleasure. And says, so if you're asking God on those terms and with that motive and and be advised that a lot of times we ask God for things, not even realizing that that's our motive. Yeah. He says, but if you ask with that motive, you're not going to get it because God doesn't play those games. God is not your lucky charm. Mm. He's not your, your talisman or your rabbit foot. That's going to get you all those nice things. Because if you were, then, then what motive and what basis would you ever come to God? Mm -hmm. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I don't care. 
a, a rat's behind about you. But I like you because you give me, give me, give me, give me. We like the benefits of God, but not God himself. Not realizing that he is the reward. Mm -hmm. And you think, well, well, that's nice, Pastor Kyle. You say God's my reward, but I got rent due in a couple weeks. Well, I've learned that when you really do put him first, he makes sure that you have everything you need. I have learned this. He really is the answer. And when you learn that he is your reward, you know, what your dad said is probably one of the wisest things you will ever hear. Mm -hmm. Now that I've found God and I love God and I want God, then I can actually really enjoy all the blessings he gives because a lot of people want heaven without God. They want blessings without God. They want salvation without repentance. Mm -hmm. They want all the benefits of her, of heaven without having to be forgiven of their sins. In other words, God, if I can have all of your goodness, but without you, I'd be good with yeah. that. Or without the process to get there. Yeah. And God's and it's like, no, 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 no. You don't realize he is the reward. If you have him, you have everything. There's nothing else that you need. Yeah. And then when he does give you the practical things of life, a car or rent money or a job or provision of some sort, you can truly look and say, Lord, you really are the one who satisfies my life. That if I can have everything or I can have nothing. And that's where it comes. Uh, the, the famous passage in Philippians, I can yeah. do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And people use that like I can lift, I can jump, uh, jump tall buildings in a single bound and I can lift 3000 pounds because I can do all things through Christ. Yeah. No, it's actually Paul says, I've learned to have everything mm -hmm. and I've learned to have nothing. And in all things, I've learned to be content because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, I was even thinking right now as you were saying that as we want and we want and we want, we want, you know, um, I've always moved by the, uh, the verse that says, and God gave them up to their, to their passions. Mm. Romans chapter yeah. one. I feel like God will even sometimes give you what you think you want or allow you to, to get to that place. Cause sometimes we move ahead of God and we say, well, if you're not going to give it to me, then I'm just going to go ahead without you. And then you're finally in that place. And you get to the, and then what? And you see, I'm so, I'm still so unfulfilled. That's right. I still feel so empty. I still feel without. Well, you can look around you and say, well, I have the house. I have the marriage. I have the kids. I have the career. You could have all those things, but still feel inside very empty. You know, one of the, <clears throat> one of our, our leaders here at, at Pathway, one, actually one of the church council members um, he's a very good friend of mine. He's a wonderful man of God, but that's his story. And one day I, I want to have him either on the podcast or, or, or film his testimony, but he was a gang Lord and a drug Lord. Hmm. He had all, uh, he didn't take drugs himself because it, it would mess up his faculties for business and for <laughs> running the thing. But he had all the drugs. He had all the power. He had all the women. He had a lot of money. He had all Everything that you would think would make you happy, power, women, and money. And he ended up coming to Jesus. And his testimony is this. I came to Jesus because having all the power and all the women and all the money, I was miserable. Hmm. I was absolutely, completely empty. And I found that Jesus was the only thing that could fill my life. You know, and... 
I think that that's something that we all need to, we always come back to, no matter where you are or how long you've known Jesus. Um, it's a constant temptation to forget about him and a constant temptation to think that other things are going to bring you contentment. But the truth is, is that it won't. Yeah. The only satisfaction you're ever going to get is from the eternal God, not the temporary things of this world. But even in the temporary, God will fill your needs. And you can tell, speak to God and let him know what's going on. And I, I kind of feel like this is the second part I want to go into for another podcast. of. Mm. And if you guys are interested in this topic, I invite you to join into us next week. Pastor Kyle, if this is okay with you, why do I have to ask God if he already knows? Let's do it. So I don't know if you want to lead us in prayer right now, Pastor Kyle. You may be listening to this right now, and you may never. Uh, it's likely that most people listening to this have already uh, come to know Jesus as their Savior. But if you haven't, that is where this all starts. Seek first God and His kingdom, and you will find that all the pieces of life are going to start fitting together in a way that without God, it's just really not possible. You say, well, but there's people who don't know God who have vast empires and wealth and all that stuff. Yeah, but there's still the emptiness that only Jesus can fill. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. And I want you to pray with me right now that Jesus comes and fills that void. Maybe you've followed Jesus before and you still feel that void because you're still grasping for things in your own strength when God's saying, give up and let go and let me meet you there. I want to pray for you right now. I'm just going to ask that you join with me. Lord Jesus, I pray for those who are listening right now. Lord, those who have never asked you to be their Lord and Savior, I ask that you would come in right now and just ask the Lord right where you are right now. Say, Jesus, come and fill my life. I repent of my sins, and I want you to take control of me. And so go ahead and just say that to the Lord right now. And, and Lord, I pray for those who are still grasping in their own strength and have not learned to fully let go and trust you. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would make this very alive uh, in their hearts and that, Lord, they would not allow the things of this life to wither them away and to cause them to doubt or to have no faith in you because it's too hard. In Jesus' name, I pray that your faith would be strengthened and that they would find that as they're building their story with you, that you are faithful in Jesus' name. Lord, I bless them, and I pray for any who need provision right now, Lord, that you would provide it to them. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, thanks, guys, for being here. Uh, we're going to talk about next Friday. Mm -hmm. um, why do I need to ask God if he already knows? So tune in next Friday, follow us on YouTube and Instagram, TikTok. Just look for pathway home. We'll see you then guys. And we'll see you then. God bless. Mm -hmm.